Are local lore, legends, and laughter your thing? Then come check out our podcast, or so they say, where two sisters travel small town America, one ghostly tale at a time. We're your hosts, Midwest twins Megan and Kelsey. Join us every Thursday where you get to hear not just the history behind haunted locations, but our own personal experiences as well. Faceless nuns. Check. Harmonica playing ghost. Check. Tangents that have nothing to do with spooky things whatsoever. You have no idea. So join our spooky crew and follow along as we investigate a haunted place near you. Listen to, or so they say, wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. Come check us out. Goodbye. Bye. These are your morning announcements. The Retro Club will be meeting today to discuss Home Alone. And a reminder that the Christmas program will take place this Friday in the auditorium at 6 sharp. So, please, don't be late. Hello and welcome to the Retro Club. We're your host Megan and John. And is this our first Christmas episode, or yeah, yeah, we're starting our Christmas episodes. Yeah, we uh, would be this week. That's mm-hmm. right. But before we jump into that, what <laughs> do we have to catch up on this week? I don't think it's a ton. No, we got some pictures taken. We did have Christmas pictures taken. Jordan got to meet Santa for the first time and mm-hmm. did. Really well. She didn't cry. Very cute photos. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll post them. I don't know. If anyone wants to see them. Most of the people who listen to us right now are probably friends and family anyway. (laughs) So (laughs) you guys see her anyway. But we can still post pictures. Yeah. It was a fun time. I I had a good time with it. I'm glad Jordan did. She was Mm -hmm. just all smiles. Yeah. For the most part. We did some other photo shoots that... She actually did cry for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> it made me sad. sad. But usually she's really good. She is. She's just she doesn't want to be out in the cold and wet. Yeah. Who does? Um you won our football picks. Fuck yeah, I did. Not only that, I had a perfect card. Mm-hmm. Which we've not had before, I yeah. believe, in this not just this year, but we've been doing our there's a group of people who do a, we do a football pool every yeah. year. And, um, I don't know if we've had a perfect. I've won multiple times too. This season was your second win. Yeah. I'm gotten really close. I've never won. I know you're trash, man. Always the bridesmaid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't think there's anything else really going on this week that we need to catch you guys up on. Not really. We've, just been watching movies and catching up on stuff oh i had my first week at my new job yeah that went really well yeah got my cards and all that today i'm or today yesterday so i'm really excited about that oh yeah you're super super official now yeah i don't even have cards in my job no one wants to talk to me (laughs) (laughs) i'm a tech person i don't i'm a people person you have to talk to people customers anyway yeah i'm just uh, really outgoing, so it makes an impression. Good for you. Thanks, no, Megan. I'm not. <laughs> no, you aren't. <laughs> this is as close as I get to interacting with people, and it's just me and you sitting in a room. So right, that's fine. It's fine. 
I have performance anxiety like you would not believe. So <laughs> I'm on medication. Shaking. Uh, 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 I am trying out new medications full like being totally transparent because mental health you should be able to talk yes, about and you, you should be serious. you know you got to be open with people and you got to talk about these things I know in my other podcast me and my sister are pretty vocal about mon- mental health we don't get about into it much on this one but mm-hmm. I am trying new medications it is um, a trip <laughs> yeah you well you did a total switch I did it's not going well but hopefully I'll get it fixed and my performance anxiety will go down and everything <laughs> else. My emotions will get in check. But take care of yourselves. You're like Ace Ventura when he uh, burns his stuff in the trash can and jumps in the shower. <laughs> no. Starts crying. <laughs> no. I haven't gotten to that point <laughs> no. yet. I have cried randomly a couple of times. That yes, has happened. <laughs> so... Um, Moral of the story is take care of yourself, take care of your mental health, your physical health. Right. Do all of that that you need to do because take it care is of number worth one. It. You know, it, this is a trial and error thing. Unfortunately, we're still trying to pinpoint what my deal is. So it's not a deal. It's just something that you have to you have to work through. Yeah, that's okay. I don't want to bring the mood down. You're How not. about we bring the mood up with a little bit of Christmas Christmas cheer? And, uh, <laughs> I just knew you were going to say cheer. I don't know why. I almost said Christmas magic. Christmas magic. (laughs) This time of year. All the cold, hungry people. (laughs) The dying in the street. Me and my family (laughs) will be warm tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I love Bob's Burgers. (laughs) I know. I really like the episode where they have to go get the... Dutch baby. Oh, it's when yeah, the pancake. They're, they're going to get a Christmas tree, and they stop. <laughs> they have to stop at a rest stop, and <laughs> yeah, it's like a diner. She orders a Dutch baby. It takes like forty five minutes to cook. She's like, oh baby, my little baby. <laughs> yeah, she talks about how hers is a preemie because they got it done real fast. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's a preemie. Uh, Linda is so funny. <laughs> she is. If you're Bob's Burgers fans, tell us your favorite episode because we've seen. Many uh, episodes. Yeah, I rewatched a bunch of them. I've got like a top three, I think. I really like the Halloween episodes. Yeah, their Halloween episodes are really good. The one where they finally scare Louise. I really like that yeah. one. I really like the one where they go to the island. Oh, the Halloween episode yeah. where they go to the island. Where the kids start howling and then the girl's like, I need to get some teapons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have some really fun episodes. I love their Thanksgiving episodes too. Those oh are God, pretty. <laughs> we say that all the time. I forgot that was a Thanksgiving episode. I know. <laughs> it's. Funny. I don't really care for their Christmas episodes though. That's what's crazy. Yeah, they're okay. I love American Dad's episodes of everything. I like the singing episodes, like the Fluiza. Oh, where she's sick. Yeah, and she has that like fever dream. <laughs> Yeah, it's about the Coochie Copy. And it's a musical, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not bad. That one's pretty good. Anyway, whoa, we're like way off topic yeah. now. All right, we're going to reel it back in. Beep, beep, beep. We're going to talk about... We're talking about Home a very, Alone. A very, very good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I don't really think we get into this at any point, so I'll say it now. I believe it is the second highest grossing Christmas movie of all time. 
Yes, I believe I believe it is because the first highest grossing was kind of surprising to me. What White Christmas? No, it's not a classic. Really? Mm-hmm. Can I ask when it came out? Uh, in the last five years. Is it the oh the Grinch? Yeah, it's Benedict Cumberbatch. How the Grinch stole. But that's Christmas. not fair. I don't. It's hard for me to count movies that come out recently because they don't have anything to come out against. Well, and I want to know because the list that we I read that off of or that I heard that off of, I don't know if they take into account the inflation. Inflation, right? Which I they probably do. Um, but yeah, this movie. I mean. Once you hear the numbers, this movie made serious box office. Yeah. But I guess that Benedict Cumberbatch made more. But real talk, it was a John Hughes vehicle and he, man was can't miss. Mm-hmm. This is how many John Hughes movies have we covered? Planes, Trains was John Hughes. Mm-hmm. So it was Breakfast Club. So this is number three, yeah. I think. I feel like we're going to cover several more John Hughes. I don't know. He's quintessential. You can't talk about nostalgia without talking about him. He was such a big part of, well, my childhood and your childhood. Yeah. And they still Dutch. Yeah. And they still stand today, I feel like. Yeah. For the most part. He's timeless. He was able to take real life and bring it to film. There are some things that didn't age well, but overall his movies stand. It's just a different, it was just a different time. You know what I mean? All right. Well, if you want to go ahead and get, hit us with some of those numbers, then we're talking about how well it did. Why don't you tell us? Well, made on a budget of $18 million, and it made $476.7 million. I'd say it did pretty well. Yeah, that is, uh, especially for a Christmas movie. I don't know. That seems outrageous. And it was released in November. That's what's crazy. Really? Yeah, it was released uh, November. Well, it was released November tenth in Chicago because obviously John Hughes. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the rest of the United States, it got released on November sixteenth. So it get, got pe- people geared up for Christmas time. Yeah. But it came out against a lot of big movies. Like what? Like you got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and stuff like that that would have came out that time. What year did this come out? 90. Oh, 90. Okay. Yeah. People get that confused. It is the first movie I remember from the 90s, too. Hmm. Okay. Even though it was late 90s? mm Mm-hmm. I don't know what I remember. I mean, I remember the first movie I saw in theaters, I believe, uh, that I I can, like, consciously remember going to see. It was actually Toy Story. That's cool. I'm not kidding. Yeah, and that's what Which Jordan is, loves to watch. She's right obsessed now. <laughs> with Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. I got a really cool story about this movie. I think I might have told you this already. We were gonna go see it in theaters, mm-hmm. but I had come down sick. Uh huh. So my mom brought it home on VHS. She just bought the thing. Uh, we had Pizza Hut. Heck yeah. And I uh, laid with her on the couch and watched it, and we everybody in the house loved the movie. And you know my dad. My dad is really hard to please when it comes to movies. Oh, really? He loves dumb comedies, and he loved Marv. That's true, yeah. And <laughs> Harry. Yeah, which we'll get into later. <laughs> yes, this movie has a really good cast, too. Yes. Of course, yeah. you have Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. 
who name a movie from your childhood he wasn't in. You're talking mm-hmm. Uncle Buck, uh, Richie Rich. What else do we have with him? Oh, The Good Son. Mm-hmm. The movie's uh, trash. That movie sucks. They definitely tried to go a different route. I don't know. Maybe we'll, I that movie kind of scarred me. It may have been when I saw it, but maybe it kind of freaked me out. Him and Elijah Wood. <laughs> it was more scarring to see him in My Girl. Yeah, that one was couldn't handle the bees. My girl was sad to watch. I don't know. I mean, Good Son was scary. My girl was sad. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And it always pissed me off that they made a sequel to My Girl. By the way, because you should have left it. it. Like, that's right. You don't remember it because the movie sucked. And My Girl had uh, Dan Aykroyd. Yes, as the dad. Yeah, and Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh yeah, that's that right. Love interest, baby. Hmm. That you gotta have that. It was a good movie. Anyway, and of course you got Joe Pesci. Mm-hmm. The best known for all those great gangster movies from back in the day. He was in Goodfellas, Casino. Oh, a movie we watched not too long ago, My Cousin Vinny. A very good movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Who else did we... Oh, Daniel Stern. He mm-hmm. was in a ton of movies I loved growing up. Uh, City Slickers 1 and 2. Uh, Rookie of the Year, where he gets closed between the two doors. See, I, I saw that he was in it, but I don't remember him being in it. Yeah, he's hilarious in it. He's the guy that uh, he works with people to get them, stop them from getting injury. Okay. Remember, hot ice. Oh. I take the ice cubes and I heat them up. Kind, yes, kind of. Yeah, and of course he was in Bushwhacked, where he's like a scout leader. But I've... what scout leader dresses like a pimp? Oh, I've <laughs> never heard of that. That movie's hilarious. Me and Josh talked about that movie, I think... A few months back, because mm-hmm. I remember how funny that movie is. Daniel Stern has great comedy sense, and yeah. he made his facials are insane. <laughs> okay. He's so good. Uh, all right, who else is in this? Uh, Catherine O'Hara, of course, from Beetlejuice. Wonderful, yeah. Yes, she was also in The Nightmare Before Christmas, but I don't remember how you remember her in that. She played Sally, right? I think so. Mm-hmm. Oh, and she's in that Shit's Creek show. I haven't seen it, but it, for modern people. I say that's what people that. are going to know her from now, yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, oh, John Hurd from White Chicks. I plays the dad. remember him in White Chicks. Oh, he was the dad to the two uh, snotty girls. Was he? Okay. So yeah, he's one of them whose name it. was Megan, by the way. Oh, so he's only in it for a second. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember D- David Devin uh, Rat Ray from Little Monsters. Yeah, he plays Buzz. I don't. He's the kid they pee in his apple juice. Ew! What? That's how I remember. Okay, that makes way more sense. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, don't forget you had uh, John young- Candy was in it. Yes, John Candy. Mm-hmm. Name a movie he wasn't in that was good. Um. Cool Runnings. (laughs) I always go to that one. But that was good. Yes. Uncle Buck. Man, Stripes. Mm -hmm. Great Outdoors. Planes, Trains. Planes, Trains. Man, he he did some work. Yeah. Some good work. It's really sad. Yeah. He died young. Um, Who else was it? You got the older Pete? Yes. I don't know his real name. I was going to say that and you stole it from me. Sorry. It's okay. (laughs) But if you watch The Adventures of Pete and Pete growing up, this movie got him that that show and i love the adventures of pete and pete we're definitely going to be talking about that yeah yeah 
And then you have the, no, I can't remember the older sister's. I can't remember her name. Her name is Megan in the movie, though, right? Yes. She, I had a had a crush on her growing up. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was cute. I'm cute. <laughs> you're cute. And my name is Megan. So she, I replaced her. Yes, is what you're saying. <laughs> yes, that's what that's what I am saying. Oh, okay. to you. <laughs> um. All this right. Is another movie set in Chicago. Yeah. It, well, it's another John Hughes movie. Yeah. Which the house that's actually used in the movie um, is in Illinois. It's a weird, I can't remember, I don't want to say it and sound stupid. It starts with a W though. It's like Winnetka or something. Oh, I, I I know what you're talking about. I don't know how to say it. Yeah, I know. Because you know that Chicago accent. It's like, Mom, you're hot. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, it's really hard. <laughs> Chicago, Chicago. Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> did you know this was the the second highest grossing movie of that year ah, it just couldn't get first place in anything could it no what you, was the number one ghost with the sways oh. man <laughs> 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 gotta push in bottle caps baby oh yeah that's got whoopie right. goldberg faking to be a uh what a are they medium called? medium mm-hmm. no she's more like a large <gasps> she's def- definitely trying to be a medium jesus john <laughs> anyway uh, any other cast members that we should know about? No, but people should know really fast that this movie... Oh, well, there is one more we should mention. Uh, Kieran uh, uh, Culkin. Kieran Culkin? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Macaulay's younger brother. Yeah, but what did he do that anybody cared about? I don't know. Just throw him out there. Oh, he was in <laughs> Father of the Bride, which I don't mind that movie. That, that, was a that movie's cute. Chris Rock movie, right? No, that was a Steve Martin movie. I thought... What am I thinking? I'm thinking the day uh, or the day. Uh, oh, that day after it, movie or whatever. Yeah. Why did I think of that? That's so random. The, the, it's another wedding movie. Yeah. And also it's got a similar title. No, it doesn't. I don't, I don't know, know where I came I up with I was trying that. to give you some props. You, built, you you burnt your own bridge. I did. I will admit that. I have no idea where I got that. <laughs> I think I've seen that movie one time in the Steve Martin movie. I've, I don't know if I've ever seen. But one thing you can count on for this movie, it was the highest grossing uh, live action comedy yeah, of all and, time. Okay. But it's not anymore. And oh. a movie that I don't think is good uh, toppled it. What? The Hangover 2. Really? Yeah. Which that's not even the best one of that series. Do you think the first one is? Yeah. And I think the third one's better than the second one. Oh. It's just, that's just really weird. Also, we got to mention really fast before we really start getting into things. John Williams did the music for this movie, and we've mentioned him in the past. Yeah. I love John Williams. Jaws. He Just name a movie he wasn't linked to. Mm-hmm. And he almost didn't do this. Yeah. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Because I'm trying to think of all the movies he would have done. He did, well, of course, Star Wars, Jurassic Park, E.T., Oh, Brian's favorite Close Encounters mm-hmm. of the Third Kind. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was amazing. Still is amazing. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I think of this video, uh YouTube video that a kid a kid, a guy, he put together a song about John Williams to the tune of John Williams music. Uh-huh. And it's like a melody, uh, a medley, if you will. And I'm going to have to look it up. It was really cool. I don't know what <laughs> I mean, that was years ago that that I saw that video, so I'm going to have to try to find it. That's pretty cool, though. Mm -hmm. 
You want to give us a synopsis? Oh, yeah, I guess. I did not have that pulled up, so <laughs> excuse me. No worries. So we're looking at the synopsis. If you have to, I'll try to cut some time with talking about Home Alone 2. Oh, I we can save it for next year. Lost I don't want to cut into it. Oh, I'm not. I won't No, I've got the synopsis pulled up now. We're good. good. Okay. <clears throat> I already disagree with the first sentence. I didn't write this, so... No, I'll shit all over. I'm ready. Okay, let me read the whole thing. <laughs> when bratty eight-year-old Kevin McAllister acts out the night before a family trip to Paris, that's Paris, France, his mother makes him sleep in the attic. After the McAllisters mistakenly leave for the airport without Kevin, he awakens to an empty house and assumes he it assumes his wish to have no family has come true. But his excitement sours when he realizes that two con men plan to rob the McAllisters' residence and that he alone must protect the family home. The only part of that that sucked was the beginning. Kevin was a brat. Yeah, he's not the mean kid. It's his Buzz older brother and, his, and honestly his uncle. His uncle, yeah. His uncle's a dick. Uncle Frank. God. Yeah, like I have an Uncle Frank. My mm. dad's twin. Nicest guy on earth. Uncle Frank in that movie, total jerk. I mean, does Kevin get an attitude with his mom? Yes, but it's because he literally has to put up with Buzz on the daily. Yeah, and Buzz did something on purpose to be a jerk. That's what sucks even worse. Right, and then try to pin it on Kevin. Right. It's like, <laughs> are you kidding me? It's just, not, it's unbelievable. Anyway, yes, that is a synopsis. I assume that's going to be coming from like IMBD or Wikipedia or something. (laughs) So I guess we just, we've already kind of jumped into the movie. We'll just keep going. Yeah. Go with movies. So first of all, if you have anxiety, the opening of this movie is like a lot to handle (laughs) because it's like running, it's like rush hour traffic. Yes. But it's with a house. You have a house full of siblings and cousins and aunts and uncles and everybody's in a rush yeah and they're all i don't know why they're running at 100 miles an hour yeah you do the night before because they're like us they don't they didn't do anything on time they're packing for a trip they have literally that they're supposed to leave for tomorrow in like 12 hours right but so in the meantime they've like ordered pizza so the pizza guys come in and show a stack of those too which I wanted to look up the conversion of that. Um, when they ordered that pizza. It's $122.50. It is $122. <laughs> and today, I don't know, my guesstimate was that it's probably going to be double the cost. It would have to be. That's 32 years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, you okay, Aphrodite? Sorry, she just like, <laughs> fell off her log. My sister. <laughs> We're recording at my sister's house, and she has a bearded dragon. And I kept looking over because Aphrodite has been struggling on yeah, this she's, log. She, uh, she old. And she just took a tumble, and I feel really bad. I'm sorry, <laughs> Aphrodite. <laughs> oh, dang it. It'll be okay. I'll text Kelsey and be like, mm, Aphrodite really hurt her pride. Anyway, okay, so... Oh, back to this. He orders the pizza. I want to know. I have so many questions in the first 10 minutes of this movie. Right. First of all, you get to see the McAllister's home, which is ridiculous. Almost literal mansion. This thing is massive. Um, It's a colonial style home, which is beautiful. We live in a much smaller colonial style home, but the house is it's gorgeous. Like uh, from the outside, it's even it's raised up off the ground a little bit. Yeah, they have this circle drive. You want to know how much they spent on that pizza, by the way? Go ahead. I rushed to try to get that done for you. That's why I I went uh, cold for a little bit. That's fine. $279.31. That's what I'm saying. It's uh, that's more than double. That's insane. 
So on top of this, okay, the house is magnificent. The house it is, is gorgeous. Full of a million people all running around trying to get their crap together. It's got a grand staircase in it. Getting ready to eat this pizza, and which if you've ever gone on a long distance or a long time vacation where you're mm-hmm. going to be gone for several days, you know that feeling the night before vacation. You are rushing around and you're right. trying to figure out, like, what did we forget? Like, they looked at the stuff they had in their fridge, even. Oh, Remember yeah. Remember, they were talking about how they needed, had milk and they hadn't needed to get rid of it before. So everyone's going to be drinking milk with their pizza. <laughs> right. Because I was like, because we did that for uh-huh. our, our last big trip. Yeah. And let's just say John put away a lot of milk, <laughs> but it does, it, it just gives you that feeling of anxiety. Cause you just watching them all run around, which with us, it's just a family of two before Jordan, of course. Right. And this is a family of like 16. Well, Frank and his wife have seven and then the McAllister's have, it's a family of seven. That's yeah. That's too much. That's crazy. That's a mom, dad, five kids on each side. No, um, that's my family. What do you mean? Ugh. I mean, I guess it's my mom, dad, and four kids. But that's just in that house. To have all those people in that house is just so many people. And then the pizza guy shows up, but then so does a police officer, the Pesh man, or is he? Mm-hmm. Maybe oh, spoilers, Megan. Oh, pos. Gosh. So he has disguised himself. It's Harry has disguised himself as a police (laughs) officer when he's actually a con man, which I'm going to say right now, this is probably the smartest move he made in the entire movie. Honestly, yes, it's kind of brilliant. Yeah, and it's all downhill from from He's getting people to tell them they're going to be gone. (laughs) He's getting their schedules down. He's Mm -hmm. like, you know, and he makes it, he puts on such a good front because he's like, hey, we're just going around the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. We know a lot of burglaries around here. uh, Yeah, a lot of burglars. And he even gets info on the neighbors. Yeah, he tells him, you know, a lot of people are going on vacation and we just, we want to watch the neighborhood and make sure that everybody's safe and taken care of. And he's like, wow, that's super nice. We're actually going to Paris. And I said Paris, France, because there's definitely a Paris, Joe Pesci Illinois. does that. He gives a little <laughs> telling that too. He's like, you're going to Paris. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the whole point of this opening scene, I think, is just to give you an idea of how well off they are. Yeah. And that there's havoc coming. Harry gets to see how well off they are, that this is the crown jewel of the neighborhood. He says it himself. Yeah. Later in the movie, he's like, he's like, that's the one. What's called the silver tuna. Yeah. So you find out they're sending a fam like almost what? Two dozen, not two dozen. Sorry. They're sending like 16 people. To Paris. to Paris, France. Oh, there's the girl that lives with them too. The the older girl that had to count everybody. Mm-hmm. And then while they're st- while he is standing there trying to get this information, everyone is rushing around, and he keeps asking like, "Do you live here? Do you live here? <laughs> Do your parents live here?" And the pizza guy gives the pizzas to Frank. The pizza guy, and so he hears how much the pizzas are. Which if you're standing Ooh, in someone, my brother pay for it. If you're standing in someone's house and you hear, "Oh, the pizzas." $300 or $270 and she hands him $300 and says keep the change that's like right. ding your eyes open up like dang <laughs> yeah putting that in perspective even for that time that's that's a lot of money to spend on pizzas 10 mm-hmm. pizzas what's the dad say 10 pizzas times 10 bucks yeah plus tax and stuff and that would have been right yeah man so yeah what the hell did the McAllisters do I I have no idea. I would love to seven know. Seven 
people live in the household. They were able to have 14 in there comfortably. Mm-hmm. They were able to go on that trip. They didn't pay for it, but they went luxury flight. I think that is a misconception. People think that Kevin's yes. dad paid for it. They do didn't. mention in the movie that his, his brother, brother paid for it, and they are all me in Paris, which what the heck does his brother do that he right. can fly? Plus, all the adults flow, uh, flew first class. Mm-hmm. So, Including cheap-ass Frank. Who should have, I would have made his ass riding coach. Crazy. crazy I, stuff. I'm sorry I keep going off on Frank. Frank is a total... He's a dirtbag, man. Is, yes. He is a trash human being. He's, yeah. he's mean to his wife, and he's really mean to Kevin. Mm-hmm. But this sets the stage. First of all, you get to see how well off the family is. Mm-hmm. Harry gets to see how well off the family is, and he gets to go back and report to Marv, like, this is the house we have to hit. So you've got Harry and Marv, who are actually burglars, and they've scoped out the entire neighborhood. They know when everyone's going to be gone. Mm-hmm. They've uh, they figured out. They get their out, return dates. Yeah, they, they've got it planned out pretty good. Yeah, they're they're set to do whatever they want to do when they want to do it. Mm-hmm. They just have to they have to pick their spots. But this is where you when they try to say Kevin is a bratty eight year old, no fam. No. Because Kevin was actually a kind of a sweet kid. Kevin is just this little kid. He's one of the youngest next to uh Fuller, who's mm-hmm. at, uh his real life brother. Right. Also what's the bed? Yeah. And that's how everybody keeps teasing Kevin in the movie too. Which I love how they're not dogging on the kid who's going to pee the bed. They're dogging on Kevin because right. he has to sleep in the bed with the kid yeah. who's going to pee the bed. Old piss pants over there. <laughs> get, get ready. You got to share them sheets. Yeah. Get the rubber sheets out. But um, Kevin finally gets to muscle his way into the kitchen only to find out that all the cheese pizza is gone. He just wants plain old cheese pizza. And not only that, you see a, an image of Buzz where he's like, like shoving, shoving it into it. his mouth. An entire slice of pizza just in one Because he's a jerk. Go nasty nasty but and that's when kevin just finally snaps and real he, talk though real fast mm-hmm. buzz's flat top was on point no i will it say wasn't. that <laughs> that hair was flawless and nasty you could set a plate on that flat <laughs> no <laughs> you could you could have taken one of the glasses of milk they had sitting around set it on his head and it would have it would have set perfectly straight look it was the was 90s nice. you see yeah he had hair like big country brian reeves Oh my God! Nobody's gonna know who that is, but he was a NBA prospect that uh, was able to clown Shaq. <laughs> he he outperformed Shaq, but his body went to shit because he was built a gravy. Oh God! <laughs> Big country, <laughs> rip to your career. Love you. Anyway, <laughs> back to Kevin and his pizza. Kevin snaps. He is mad. He's gotten pushed around all night. Mm-hmm. His uncles talk down to him. Buzz talks down to him. And finally, when he goes to get pizza, his freaking pizza's gone. And he has had it. And he asked everybody around the room, has anybody seen seen where they put that cheese pizza? Yeah. And Buzz is eating the last slice. So Kevin... It's gone. Um, he naturally loses his loses yeah. his crap and you got, just you can only be cool for so long <laughs> he did and he ends up shoving buzz buzz dramatically falls. threw his arms up like and he, <laughs> he's supposed to be like as a big bad football player too that's how they build him up in that movie and let his little brother push him knocks over all the milk all the pizzas oh, everything all goes, the soda all the soda goes on the counter all over that counter and it's a whole mess. So then everyone looks at Kevin and they're like, look what you did, Kevin. This is your fault. That's when you get Frank saying, look what you did, you little jerk. Yeah. That's why they want to say Kevin's a bratty kid. Uh, I would have been ticked too, rightfully so. <laughs> yeah. And then nobody's paying attention. So what do they do? They're 
throwing away all the stuff that got knocked over on the counter, throw mm-hmm. away his damn ticket. Yeah, it does. Um, which I think probably more people know about today just because the internet and yeah. I knew the VHS day eagle eye because you could stop it. Yeah. I did that all the time. But you do, you get the, um, because if you may be asking yourself later, how in the world could they forget Kevin? But it's foreshadowed in the beginning when mm-hmm. they throw away his plane ticket. That's why it wasn't missed. Yeah. It was wet with the, pa- those red it paper. It got picked up with the paper towels yeah. and stuff. So then you get this interaction between Kevin and his mom. And I understand that she's stressed. Right. I know how that feels. But I feel like she was also not on his side. Kevin was being honest. He's like, no one's on my side. You guys are all being mean to me. I got to be honest about her too. Huh? Even after watching the sequel, I'm going to go ahead and say it. And people might get upset. She's a bad mom. She did not handle it appropriately i know <laughs> like i get she drove all the way to get back to him and stuff yes but don't forget this happened a second time i <laughs> she did do this two times right but she does she sends him upstairs and i mean she does take crap it's a back and forth i don't really know who to say kevin is kind of being outlandish to his mother at this point where he says i wish you all would just disappear and she's like you don't mean that and he's like yes i do i want to wake up and i want you all to be gone right <laughs> Which he, when you're a little kid, your emotions are so high. You don't have any kind of real life experience, nothing like that. He right. just knows that he was in the right and they were in the wrong. And he is a really like by the line kid. He mm-hmm. is a really good kid. Yeah. And then he tells her, he's like, you didn't have my back. Yeah. So I don't want nothing to do with you guys. I hope you guys all disappear. Yep. So the night ends bad. It's everyone's kind of ticked off. And then they put him up in the attic where he's like, it's scary up there. Still, still making him go up there though. And they send him up anyway. Now, of to course, be fair though, he was eight years old. Well, yeah. So to make a bad situation worse, everyone goes to bed and somehow the power gets knocked out in the middle of the night and resets all of their clocks. This is a time before cell phones, ladies and gentlemen. So there were no alarms set on the phones. So when the clocks reset, when their alarm clock on mm-hmm. their nightstand, it went back to midnight. Which means they didn't have an alarm. They slept in. Everybody sleeps in. So now they're running around like crazy. Again. Your anxiety is high. Again. <laughs> I know. You even see them bumping each other going through the house and stuff like that. Yeah. Ugh. They're all rushing trying to get out to the moving or to the moving vans to the airport shuttles. Real talk. That can't be you getting older. Why? Your anxiety's <laughs> too high to be. Like, I would have canceled the trip. <laughs> I know. You'd have burnt the house down too with the people no. in it. <laughs> No one's going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Forever. Oh my God. No, I wouldn't be that bad, but I no, would, you, honestly, I would be hard to deal with for like the next yeah. 24 hours. More, sar- <laughs> more, more sarcastic than anything. You just don't, you don't handle time, like time well. I've also never taken a trip like that. I've never stepped foot outside of the United States. I've never even been on a plane. You guys. I have. I am. Multiple times. An uncultured swine. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know you have, you were in the Navy. Yes. But anyway, yeah, they, they, they get out to the airport shuttle and they put the oldest girl in charge mm-hmm. of she counting everybody. everyone and says, please make sure that everyone's accounted for. But the weird thing is, is there's uh, that kid, that neighbor kid that uh-huh. comes over to talk to people. and He's just annoying. everybody. Yeah, the annoying kid going through their stuff, yeah. going through their bags. God, it's already they're already going through it right now. Why are you here? <laughs> 
And then what happens is the girl counts him as Kevin. Mm -hmm. He's like in the van digging through the bags and she only sees the back of his head and counts him as one of the kids. So every step along the way, bad things are going to happen. (laughs) John Hughes tried to come up with a very believable reason as to why Kevin got missed. So everything up to this point seems relatively believable. Um, You know, the parents are too busy trying to get everything else together. They're just like, oldest kids you're in charge of keeping all the other kids corralled and being honest for all the things john hughes gets like picked on for in his movies that's really good like figuring out something for your movie because mm-hmm. just having a kid be turned around to be kevin's size yeah works about kevin's age looks like kevin wearing the hat and the jacket and yeah. stuff and have a good trip bring me back something french <laughs> hate that kid too off they go to the airport. Shouldn't say hey, it's a strong word. I, he's I, I annoying. strongly dislike that kid. He is very annoying. But anyway, the family is off to the airport. Meanwhile, you finally get a bedhead Kevin coming down the stairs. From we the talked attic. about his bedhead. <laughs> I was like, man, I've I've looked rough before, but I didn't look like that. <laughs> That's how Jordan looked the other day. Yeah. <laughs> One of her bedheads. So cute. I know I didn't even, I didn't even want to change her diaper or nothing. I was like, ugh. Yuck. <laughs> no. She she's sleeping real good. I got jealous of that. I know. She's been sleeping so good. Yeah. Our child is the best. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, so they're off to the airport. By the time they leave, Kevin I don't know how Kevin didn't wake up to all the sound downstairs. It kind of blows my mind that he slept through it all. But he finally wakes up and They put that, him in the attic though. Yeah, Fuller was supposed to be up there too. He didn't go though. Where did Fuller stay? I don't know. They probably put his ass on the couch. Can't have him pissing everywhere. <laughs> I don't know. But <clears throat> he wakes up and the house is oddly quiet. And mm-hmm. so at first he's kind of questioning it, but not enough to actually look into it. <laughs> <laughs> he just goes and has like a bowl of cereal and watches TV for a minute. And then he's like, man, something's off. I can't be the first one up. <laughs> so right. starts yelling around the house only to find out that nobody's home his wish came true they all disappeared I made my family disappear and ensues several montages of mm-hmm. him just just not destroying the house but being no. a nuisance in his own home jumps on his mom and dad's bed why because he probably couldn't have done it before now they're gone so he does all the stuff he's not allowed to he's running up and down the hallway and up and down the stairs mm-hmm. and he's jumping on the beds and going in buzz's room he went in buzz's room and found his girlfriend's picture <laughs> Woof. <laughs> One of Can't the classic lines. Yeah. Buzz, your girlfriend. Woof. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then really it's the Kevin McAllister show mm-hmm. at this point. You keep getting flashes to the to the um family. The plane, yeah, the family on the plane. And the mom, she's like I forgot something. We we were missing something. I know, I can feel it. <laughs> and I want to know. They're going down the list, and she's like, well, did I turn off the coffee pot? Did we... She asked um, the dad, and you know how men are. I'm this way. <laughs> forgot to close the garage. Yeah, he's like, oh, we forgot to close the garage door. That was it. He didn't even say that. She said, did we close the garage? And he's like, that's it. I forgot to close the garage. Yeah, and he's fine with that. But then all of a sudden, she sits back in the seat on the plane, and then you see this look come over her face, and she screams, <laughs> Kevin! <laughs> no, she screams Kevin's name. What made her think of Kevin? How did she know? Well, if they're annoyed with him, they wouldn't have dealt with him, or that she would have realized that she didn't get him up. I guess. I mean, 
That's the only thing I can think of. If Fuller didn't sleep upstairs, mm-hmm. then that means no one went up to the attic to make sure Kevin woke exactly. up. Exactly. And Uncle Frank was trying to steal the salt and pepper shakers. Because they're real crystal. That's right. Put, the, put those in your purse. Put them in your purse. <laughs> yeah. And then he's uh, getting served champagne. Keep it's free, Fill it up. It? Fill it up. <laughs> um yeah it all i always wondered that like how she's just sitting there and then all of a sudden just has this realization like we forgot kevin but i guess it would make sense if that was how it happened if fuller didn't sleep up there but yeah. then then you get mostly kevin through the rest of the movie yeah. which you kind of see him just trying to survive on his own yeah, like if you were a little kid, what's the first thing you'd do? Make a big ass Sunday and put in a flick. Right. He's definitely enjoying himself the first for the first plus few hours. Yeah. Let's be honest. We were je- all jealous of that Sunday he made. I would my belly was hurting looking I know, at we it. I know we were making jokes about that, but like as a kid you were jealous of that. Yes. The- I I always thought that thing looked amazing. Had a Sunday, watched an R-rated movie. Eating chips and drinking Pepsi all at the same time. Man, what, what did I say earlier? <laughs> he had the third worst diarrhea of his young young life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I said he was probably going to end up throwing up like the kid from Big Daddy. And you yeah. said, no, he's going to have the third worst diarrhea of his child, <laughs> of, of his young life. Young life. Yeah. <laughs> God. So... <laughs> But then if after, you think about it in the, if you think about it, if that would have been like the old West, that kid's a, he's a goner. Yeah. <laughs> Died for diarrhea. <laughs> no. Gotta get his affairs in order. Right. <laughs> uh, no, he does enjoy it. The first few hours, like I, we said, he eats the Sunday, he watches the movie, he's hanging out, putting his feet up on the furniture, doesn't care. And but then he realizes he's like, man, I kind of have to take care of myself now, don't I? So you get to see shots of him where he takes trip to the grocery store and he has to go buy a toothbrush and things like that. But don't forget, Mm -hmm. don't forget, we still have con men on the loose. We've got Harry and Mark. Not only that, like Kevin does something doesn't mean to because earlier uh, old man Marley, the next door neighbor. You do get a side story. Yeah, you get a, a little side story about his neighbor who is supposedly... An axe murderer. Yes. No, he doesn't kill people with a shovel? Is that what Whatever, you, you know what I mean. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so... But they did mention South Bend, which I'm a diehard Notre Dame fan. So yeah. that is right in my wheelhouse. John Hughes, <laughs> thank you. Which he's an, he's also a Cubbies fan. So he was he's obviously going to be a Notre Dame fan too. John Hughes, well... Notre Dame isn't Illinois, so, but it's pretty close. South Bend South kind Indiana, of yeah. associates right themselves with Illinois mm-hmm. more than they do Indiana, I believe. Yeah, and people in that part of Chicago, they love them some Notre Dame. Yeah. <laughs> but you you know, you know, get to see Kevin trying to survive on his own where he has to go down in the basement and he realizes, <laughs> crap, I've never had to go down in the basement. I'm scared of the basement. And right. You get to see all these really fun little things, but then... From a child's perspective, too. That's what's cool. Yeah. But what... I was scared of my basement growing up. Yeah. But what's happening on the outside 
is that the con men are still out there. Harry and Marv, remember, they've already scoped out this whole neighborhood. Mm-hmm. They're, they're actually kind of doing like a listing, like what houses they're going to hit, what days and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they do. You get to see them break into a couple of houses and destroy it and steal stuff. And, and what was the what was the the business that it said on the van? Do you remember? Okay. Yeah, okay plumbing or something like that, yeah, right? Yeah, something like that. So they had a good front even. Yeah, they, it the wasn't a bandits. suspicious looking vehicle, not really anyway. Mm-mm. They even had pipes on the top of it. Yeah, but yeah, good. when they decide, when he's telling, Harry's the one who went around as a police officer and he's telling Marv, mm-hmm. you know, this house, this McAllister house the is he wants really the bad. house. We've got to get that one. But what they weren't expecting is somebody to be home. And <laughs> when they realize is, when they realize that Kevin is the son living in that house, they're like, I thought they left. And they start to get suspicious. But Kevin, we need to talk about his setups that he does. So right. when he realizes that these two are gonna are planning to rob his house, he tries to set it up to make it look like he's not home alone. Because they realize they could take on a little kid. Home alone. Oh. <laughs> I got what you did there. I know. They... He ends up putting this thing together to make it look like there was a Christmas party going on in the Which house. Which is brilliant, because as a kid, how do you have those kind of... Uh... That's what I'm saying. Who has the time? How did he put all that together? Or have the the knowledge to do the things that he did? I don't know, but I'm not going to put it past a kid to be able to do that, because I went to school with kids that were really... Crafty. <laughs> and smart. Yeah. So somebody could even come up with an idea like that. What I don't get is how he was able to do it in that short a time. Yes. That too. Even if he had, if he really was that crafty, because Kevin is a very smart kid and he's thinks in very adult ways. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, as adult as an eight-year-old can. He's, I don't want to say smarter than his family, but mm-hmm. he is... He's I th- he's got a high intellect. For I think his he's age. very self-aware. Yes, he knows how a lot of things work. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's aware of things he should be doing and taking care of. Like a little kid knowing to, uh, he needs a toothbrush. Yeah, something as simple as that. Well, and it did make sense to me. I'm like, why did he have to go buy a toothbrush? They packed all of his stuff. Right. So he doesn't have a toothbrush. Um, he asked about the mac and cheese dinner the microwavable one is it good or is, is it any not good, good? <laughs> he's just trying to make small talk because mm-hmm. that's what adults do but he doesn't know what to talk but about then, so. but then he's still a kid still buys the army men yeah and they're for the kids he does say that that's right <laughs> <laughs> but he puts that whole thing together like he's got michael jordan cut out riding I'm around s- on a train and <laughs> i about had a heart attack when that thing was going around i realized they had to cut it to uh put it on the train set mm-hmm. i was like why would you do that? Why would you waste that? <laughs> and they cut the basketball out of the arm, so they had to reattach uh, the arm. Uh-huh. Jeez, man. And then he put, like, a mannequin on a, the turntable turn of the the record player. And he's got all this stuff set up so that from the outside, he's got the curtains closed. And all the lights turned on. It looks like house. people are dancing. He's got music playing. It looks like people are walking around. Mm-hmm. And Marv and Harry are super confused because they're like, I thought you said they went to Paris. And he's they like, did. they said that. And he's like, maybe they're leaving tomorrow. I don't know. They're having a big party before they leave. And that's when they start to get suspicious. And they're like, something's not right. Like they said they were leaving. They go to the house multiple times, too. Mm-hmm. But 
when Harry and Marv finally are, they get smart to the fact that, um, the, that Kevin is home alone. They're like, we can take on a little kid. That's not a problem. (laughs) And you get, you get to see clips of there. There's a couple of different storylines going around here that are eventually going to come full circle. Mm -hmm. So you get Harry and Marv who are planning to now attack this house that they know that Kevin's alone. You have Kevin who's trying to take care of himself. Right. Then you have the parents back in France. As soon as they land, they're immediately trying to find a way to get, get back, back home because the they mom realize especially like she goes way out of her way. She doesn't want to take the flight that's going back there. The they next can't day. get a flight and they're like desperately trying to buy tickets off of people and do whatever they can and I mean, she ends up taking five million ways to get home. Yeah, to get they even back starts to. selling stuff that she has on and stuff like that. Her watch, earrings. But then we get like the Polka King man. That's <laughs> like one of my favorite parts of the movie too. And it's just one of the sub stories because then you also have Kevin's neighbor. Yes, Mr. Who Marley. You get we've run into a couple of times throughout the movie, so you've got all these different storylines that somehow it still works when it you know pans over to that storyline right that it's okay but i mean mostly of course it's kevin but kevin is starting to get like at first it was fun being by mm-hmm. himself but then he realizes this kind of sucks not only that like he he's taught a life lesson when he just goes to that church yeah that's he that's he, he goes to find santa is what he does right or one of santa's helpers because he's not dumb he knows how it works <laughs> And he tells Santa, he's like, I don't want presents. I don't want anything this year. his family. I just want my family back. And we talked about this. There were so many missteps by the adults in this movie that right. should have helped him. We talked about that because even when he's walking home, there's that family that he's looking at through the window. Kevin should have went up Kevin, there too. Yes, he should have knocked on the door. The guy dressed as Santa should have called the police. Mm-hmm. Someone should have done something. Even old man Marley. If he would have told old man Marley he's all by himself. Yeah, all it took was Kevin saying, I'm home alone. Right. That's all he had to say. But then we wouldn't have got the plot of the movie. I know, I know. But it is frustrating. That is one plot hole where I'm like, it just took one person doing one act. Also, think if he would have got caught at the at the pharmacy. Yeah, try and buy the toothbrush. If, uh, if the guy, the cop, uh-huh. or even the people in the store would have caught him, which he didn't mean to do that. He saw old man Marley. And, he and this is before out. he realized who the man is and all that. Yeah. But There's he a does. a lot of things that should have went He goes sideways. to the church. He, he's walking home after talking to Santa. And this is actually where it gets like really touching. And mm-hmm. he decides to he stops in front of this church and stares at for a while and, and he's then, sad he's really sad he he's just lost at this point he's like i don't know what to do so he goes into a church because i in his brain that's where people go when they need help mm-hmm. so he goes into the church where he sees that old man marley and starts to freak out and it's so weird how marley walks up to him because he just looks so mean and he looks mean when he has that like just blank stare on his face but then as soon as he cracks just like the tiniest smile he looks like the sweetest old man <laughs> i know that's great casting yeah and he sits and he sits down next to Kevin and he's like, you know, you don't have to be afraid of me. And Kevin's like, I guess. And he's like yeah. kind of sheepish about it. He's like, I'm sorry. Not only that, like old man Marley, like his, like when he smiles at Kevin, that melts your heart. It's 
-hmm. It's really touching. And they have this conversation that's actually really sad that you find out he's there to see his daughter sing in the choir or his granddaughter sing in the choir. And him and Kevin end up talking and you find out that Marley hasn't been able to see his granddaughter regularly because him and his son had a falling out several Mm -hmm. years ago. And he's Kevin's like, well, why don't you just call your son? He's like, because (laughs) we're not that easy. He's like, yeah, we're fighting. It's just an adult thing you don't understand. He's like, well, what I do understand is that I've been taking care. And he kind of says it without saying it. He's like, you Mm -hmm. know, I had to learn to overcome my fears, like my fear of the basement and my fear of being alone. And he's like, so, you know, you never know until you try. So just give him a call. You have to be willing to take that step Mm -hmm. is what he teaches old man Marley. And and it's a good life lesson in that it moment. It really was. He teaches Kevin a lesson, and Kevin teaches him a lesson. It's a really, really good, really good part of that movie. Mm-hmm. And so Kevin has this kind of eye-opening moment where he's like, "I don't have to be afraid. I'm I'm in control of my situation, and I I don't need to be afraid of these con men." And I mean, he doesn't say this out loud, but he has this realization: like, yeah, I no can more take fear. them on. And that's when we get. Your favorite part and your dad's favorite part of the movie is when Kevin goes home and starts setting the traps, mm-hmm. which is actually a very small part of this movie, but it's what everyone remembers. remembers. Yeah. Not only that, like it touches on so many things people feared growing up. Like, like there's a lot of, the bulbs on the floor. Oh, you mean the traps and stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He sets the Christmas bulbs under a, a window. He, the thing is Kevin has the foresight to think of every possible entryway. And you know what the smart thing was? It was all stuff that he thought of that were from a child's perspective, things that you would have done as a kid mm-hmm. stepped on a bulb because someone left it on the ground, uh, nailed through your foot. Uh, Oh God. It's really, really good stuff. He, sets up an iron in the laundry chute so it looks like a light string mm-hmm, light so, fixture also wetting all the steps yes he said he pours water all over the stairs which we've all taken a spill <laughs> and it sucks <laughs> uh that <laughs> that hot thing i don't know what it is he sticks around oh the... um i know you're talking about that he puts on the doorknob yeah yeah he also hooks up the blowtorch yeah he's all sorts of stuff so then the paint cans let hilarity ensue when harry and marv try to get into this house. i love <laughs> when he's trying to get to kevin uh trying try to tell him to open the door they're trying to be like nice to him without being nice uh-huh and kevin shoots him right in the nuts uh-huh. <laughs> with the <beating. laughs> that noise he makes I, I wish i could just get a, a, that on a tone i would just play <laughs> it over and over Um, oh my God. And then they try to split up and Mm -hmm. Marv's going to take the basement, try to get through the basement entry. (laughs) Goes down them steps. (laughs) (laughs) And Harry is going to try to go through the front door, which, uh, first of all, slips and falls a million times. Took a pro wrestling bump. (laughs) When he grabs that handle though, it's like red hot. Uh, And burns that M into his hand. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's marked for life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, Marv goes down the stairs and ends up 
getting into the basement <laughs> only to walk up tar-covered steps, lose his shoes Ugh. and both socks. And then this is the one that gets me. This is the hardest thing I know to you watch. were like. I like worm in my seat. He steps on that freaking nail. We've all been there barefoot. too. Barefoot. Oh my! It makes me sick to my stomach. Doesn't even think that he's still on the steps. He just raises his foot up to his chest. <laughs> no, he does. Uh, before that, he pulled the string, thinking he was going to turn a light on, and pulled an iron right on his freaking oh. face. Um. Then he decides to go back upstairs and climb through a window where he steps on all those Christmas ornaments. Ugh. That's what get, does me in. I don't know. It's just trap after trap. Kevin knocking the paint cans down. Mm-hmm. The uh, the cars. The very those yeah those little cars. So when they Ugh. step on them, they fly up in the air like super comical. He gets them with everything and trip wire, all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he even ends up writing. Uh, I don't know what it is. Just a it's not a clothes wire because it's too high up, but just some type it's a of rope. like cable wire. Ends up writing that all the way down to his no, no, treehouse. Oh, he ties it up. That's right. He ties up a rope and puts on what he has this little contraption made out of bicycle handles and wheels that rides him all the way to his treehouse. Tree yeah, it was pretty cool. Who comes up with all this stuff? The best part of that movie, though, is when they're, they can almost catch Kevin. They, uh, Marv dives at him. Uh huh. Grabs his him leg. the tarantula, which we forgot to mention the tarantula. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's buzzes and it gets loose once Kevin. Busts all of his shelves off the wall. (laughs) Uh, Kevin picks it up and puts it on on Marv. I can't hold it when he starts screaming. That is my favorite part of the movie. (laughs) When we watched that, you had to rewind it and keep playing. And you you never not laugh, so I can never hear what it says anyway. (laughs) But Kevin reaches up and grabs that tarantula off the steps and turns around and puts it right on Marv's I I get to laugh when I can't breathe. It's so funny. You laugh when he throws it on Marv because Marv's knocked out. (laughs) Or Harry. (laughs) Oh my God. Marv, what are you doing? Marv. I go, he's like, (laughs) (laughs) He's right in the rib cage with the freaking. When Marv takes the tarantula off him and he's like, (laughs) (laughs) Marv. The best part of the movie. Marv. (laughs) Marv, what are you doing? he's like (laughs) he's just like begging so quietly like please don't i've been through so much he had his head set on fire i love when he takes a spill on the steps every time he tries to take the step he just he just ends up doing a flip onto his neck if you like three stooges comedy yeah this is is exactly what this is slapstick but kevin has kind of run out of traps in his own house mm-hmm. and he takes off across the street to call the cops like he can't he, oh yeah he rode the the rope yeah <laughs> but their smart idea was he's like you better get me come and get me i'm calling the cops oh and he's like <laughs> do you hear him he's gonna call the cops from, what? from a tree house <laughs> <laughs> gonna call the cops get so mad <laughs> um, in theory he had a good idea if did. you go through the house there's gonna be more traps Mm-hmm. What they need to do is just try to climb the wire all the way over. Mm-hmm. And Marv is hilarious the whole time. <laughs> Making those noises going across the rope. Um, spoilers, they don't make it across no, the rope. He, he cuts them with, uh, with shears. Yeah, he cuts whips those shears out. He's like, go back, go back. <laughs> 
ends up cutting them down and they land in the yard. Oh, they hit the brick wall. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. They swing back. Ugh. But Oof. while they're writhing in pain, Kevin takes off across the street to call the cops to get to the, the house because he's kind of run out of options. And this is where he gets cornered. Um, Marv yes. and Harry end up going through the front door when Kevin goes through the basement. Uh, thinking that they would follow and he could lock him out, but they did outsmart him this time, and mm-hmm. they finally grab him. Which is this is only Kevin's miss, his one misstep, and yeah, he had a good plan. He just didn't have a good finish. No, that's the only thing that sucks is he kind of ran out of ideas, and he didn't get a chance to call the cops. So he's like, "Shoot, I'm done for." Like they hooked him up on the the clothes hook on the back of the door, mm-hmm. the coat hook, and they, gonna, they sell all those things they're going to do to him to get revenge. Mm-hmm. And then Joe Pesci's like, I'm going to bite all of his fingers off. Yep. But guess who comes in to save the day? An On the unsuspecting hero. You get Marley, old man Marley. Takes out the wet bandits. He does. He knocks sh- him out with a shot. He hit Joe Pesci so hard, Joe Pesci did another big wrestling bump. He did. He, I don't know if he did his own stunts. Probably not. Probably not. He would have been in, <laughs> in his late 40s at that point, maybe. I guess. I don't know. Um yeah, old man Marley. I don't know what tipped him off, but he... Oh, I think he called Kevin's dad when he was back in France. He called Marley and said, hey, just so you know, Kevin's home alone. Oh, yeah. And so I think that's maybe when he got the message and was like, oh, shoot, I better go check on this kid. And then finds out that all this crap has gone down. Um, but he ends up rescuing Kevin. The police show up. They take Harry and Marv away, and <laughs> they are beat up too. And it's the night; it is Christmas Eve, and Kevin is happy that he he's the day is saved, and they've been taken away. But then it kind of settles; it settles in. He's like, "Man, I'm going to be alone on Christmas." Yeah, like, that'd be really hard. So it was a That's victory, good. but he's still super sad, you know. And he ends up sleeping in his mom and dad's bed. Which he didn't actually, get to eat his mac and cheese either. No, he didn't. But it kind of made me sad. He curled up in his mom and da- mm. dad's bed and went to sleep and woke up Christmas morning alone. And he had decorated his own little tree and yeah, put up his own stocking. I mean, he tried to decorate the house because he's like, if I'm going to be home alone, I guess. Yeah, might as well still celebrate Christmas. But when he wakes up in the morning, his mom comes through the front door after going through her hole. <sighs> she had to ride. <laughs> ride in a van with John Candy. Oh, man. Yeah. And he's just telling her all those terrible <laughs> stories about how his kid he left, got left the kid. In, yeah, in he, a funeral home with a dead body. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, about six, seven weeks, he was he was just fine. He started talking again. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I wish I never would have brought it up. <laughs> uh, That's a really good scene of that movie too. She does. I hate that John Candy is like a side story, but he, it, it's still funny. And he ends up um, getting her back to Chicago where she comes in the front door on Christmas morning and she tells Kevin, she's like, I'm so sorry. I, I'm sorry. We forgot you. Right. And there's no way to say sorry about that. But Kevin, of course, can only be mad for so long. And he's like big, stupid grin on his face. He runs to his mom. Yeah. It just he's overcome with emotion because he's like, you know, I'm mad at you. But I also was sad that you were on. <laughs> then only like a minute or two later, the, other, the rest of the family shows up because all she had to do is just wait. I know. 
Well, if you if that were you, wouldn't they you try had a everything? connecting flight for the next morning? She wouldn't wait for it. I know, but yeah, they all show up anyway. And she's like, "How'd you guys get here?" And like, we took the flight that you didn't want to wait on. <laughs> right. And so Kevin's reunited with his family. Everyone's happy. He ends up looking out the window. That's the and, saddest part oh, of the movie. Oh my god! It's the it's almost, so good. He looks out and he sees Marley, and Marley's son and granddaughter and wife show up and he's hugging his son and he just looks over at Kevin and it's so sweet. Like so precious. Like he's getting teary eyed. It's really cool. Yeah. It, uh, what a good ending to that movie. You know, I mean there, you get buzz yelling at Right. Kevin at the very, very you can't let it in on a good note. It's us to end with (laughs) Kevin getting yelled at, but it was a sweet ending. I think all all around it. It's a good movie. It's such a good movie, and it made so much money, and mm-hmm. rightfully so. And it launched Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, if somehow you've made it all this time and not seen Home Alone, that's you, on you. You need to watch Home Alone. It is right. a very good movie. <laughs> it's very good. So it'll always hold up. I I believe that. I think now would be a good time to or hit you trivia. with some trivia, which, trivia. holy crap, I had to narrow this down <laughs> so much. You had to we, put some trivia waiters on because there's so much you had to step through. There was 23 pages of trivia facts. Yeah, like I was thing. looking something up. There's like 400 or something like that, like known facts about this movie. Something oh no, crazy. 400 unknown facts. Yeah, there's a lot to this movie, and some of it started getting really nitpicky, and I was like, meh. So um, here's what I've got for you. And I tried. I've actually, I may even have to cut some of this. There's a couple of them, like, I think that are really cool, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When I read through these, I picked out some what I thought was very interesting Mm -hmm. ones. So I'll go ahead and hit you with some trivia. So one of the first things is that Joe Pesci, who plays Harry, deliberately avoided Macaulay Culkin on set because he wanted Macaulay to think that he was mean. That's just smart acting. Joe Pesci's a great actor. So a little bit of method acting there. Not only just that, like small. You got to remember he was in like a bunch of the Scorsese movies and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> he's a brilliant actor. Now this one's actually kind of. Sweet, a little touching. Catherine O'Hare said in 2014 that Macaulay still calls her mom. That's cool. Because his parents were like, ruined his childhood, right? Yeah, he took his dad to court. Yeah. They took his money. Right, that's, he couldn't, he had no control over his own money. He's a child actor. And he's, he's one, I think, don't quote me on this, but I think he's the one that forced the Screen Actors Guild into they needed to make regulations saying that they can't have full control over the profits he makes from his properties. Yeah. But yeah, Catherine said that he still calls her mom. So I think that's sweet. It is. And it, I do blame a lot of what happened to Macaulay Culkin, like growing up Uh on how bad it was for him as a kid. Oh yeah. I mean, he had to do movies he didn't want to do too. Don't forget. Just because his parents wanted a paycheck. Getting even with dad, Richie rich. And I'm missing one in there somewhere. Did he not want to do The Good Son? No. That one kind of hurt him because he played a scary it, little kid in that. Not only that, like, he was on the rise. Why would you have him do that just for a payday? Play a bad guy, yeah. Right. Like, he, you want to you love this kid. He was in Uncle Buck, Home Alone, and My Girl. I can understand doing it with an adult actor because you want to see their range, but he's still a kid at that point. He's like a right. teenager, you know? 
So anyway, um, more trivia. The picture that Kevin finds of Buzz's girlfriend. More, I feel like a lot of people may know this now, again, just with the internet and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the picture that Kevin finds of Buzz's girlfriend was a boy who was made to look up like a girl. It wasn't actually a girl in that picture. Did you know that? I think I think we might have known that. Yeah, the director, Chris Columbus, thought it would be too cruel to make fun of a girl like that. So the boy that they used was actually the art director's son. That's hilarious. (laughs) And they put a wig on him. Uh, Joe Pesci was used was used to adding profanity to most of his scripts, if you're familiar with his <laughs> yeah. his portfolio. And he kept forgetting that he was filming a family movie. So during his character's on-screen outburst, uh, the director, Chris, advised him to say fridge instead of the F word. And a lot of Pesci's unintelligible <laughs> mutterings were his way to avoid cursing. That's funny. Mm-hmm. The line, you guys give up or are you thirsty for more, was Ad-libbed. improvised. Yep. The pages of the Playboy magazine that Kevin looks through were actually taped together so he wouldn't see any of the nudity. And if you're curious, the cover was from the July 1989 issue. Oh, so really it was whenever that was filmed. Yeah, and it really was a Playboy, but they made sure he didn't see any of the nudity in it. Right. (laughs) You know another movie we forget Macaulay Culkin's in? Huh? Page Master. Oh my God, I love the Page Master. How yeah, could I forget not a, that? It's not a great movie, but what? or memorable, but <gasps> he's definitely in it. You shut your mouth. I, what? I'm just being honest. It's not a terrible movie. I love it's, that it's movie. Not, it's like like a timeless movie. Let's not let's be honest. It's still good. I like. We even forgot to mention it. Oh, whatever. Anyway, okay, back to facts. So, although John Hughes was fiercely defensive of his screenplay and insisted that everyone deliver his lines as written, Mm -hmm. he allowed his friend John Candy to improvise. This was actually a trademark of the writer and producer Hughes, who also had five students in the Breakfast Club improvise when they told one another why they were in detention. In this film, Home Alone, almost all of Candy's dialogue was improvised. That's hilarious, because doesn't he say they're going to Sheboygan? Yeah, when she's like, Chicago? No, Sheboygan. Very big in Sheboygan. Yeah. Polka, polka. You know that one? Oh, no? No, no, that's, no. What, we're, that's what we're known for. <laughs> Many of the shots that focus on Kevin in the beginning. Now, this is... Um, this is smart film directing, I would say, on mm-hmm. Columbus part. But many of the shots that focus on Kevin in the beginning of the movie are filmed above his head to make him seem very small. And by the end of Childlike. the movie, they're shot um, from below to make him look bigger. Also known as the Arnold shot. Did you know that? No. Uh, Arnold and Sly, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sly Stallone, mm-hmm. because they're so short. Which I got to meet Arnold Schwarzenegger and he was definitely shorter than me. Yeah. And I'm like five five nine, five ten. Yeah. So I met him and I was definitely taller than he was. Huh. Do you, now whenever you watch one of their movies, notice that they, they're usually shot from the ground up. Yeah. Yeah, they said they did it to make him seem taller and more confident, which makes sense. Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern felt indifferent about the movie's potential during shooting, so mm-hmm. they intentionally gave over-the-top performances, neither of them believing that the movie would be a success. I can understand that because they were both on their way up. Joe mm-hmm. Pesci, I think, was just coming off an Oscar nomination. Oh, right. And Daniel Stern was in a lot of movies that were big, like mm. City Slickers and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, they just went over the top with their characters because they thought it wasn't going to be a big movie anyway. Yeah, I can understand that. 
All right. So the movie that Kevin was watching on the videotape isn't a real movie, totally but uh, the footage was specially created for this movie. It mm-hmm. was called Angels with Fif- Filthy Souls, if you remember. <laughs> Along with the other similar era references in the movie, this is a play on Angels with Dirty Faces starring James Cagney. Yeah, that's right. Okay, good. I didn't know if I was saying that. Also known as Jimmy Cagney. Oh. Everyone on set was amazed with how mature and professional Macaulay was. Joe Pesci told Entertainment Weekly, quote, Mac is not like a nine-year-old. He's an old man already. (laughs) Well, he's been pushed to be an adult since he was like three. Yeah. But even as a, I mean, in Uncle Buck, he was very adult-like. Yeah, but he was in Jacob's Ladder, a movie he, uh, I don't know why they would put a little kid in that, but they put him in that. Mm-hmm. And he he couldn't have been more than three years old. Huh. Well, so, okay. One of these scenes, I always thought when I was a kid watching it, I knew that it was a stunt double. It was really obvious to me. Mm-hmm. Was the scene where he slides from the house to the treehouse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he's on that thing. So the stunt double that for Macaulay in that scene was a short 30-year-old man. That's fun. Yeah, it wasn't another kid like a teenager. It was a it was a man, a grown man. Which Probably I a it, circus actor? I maybe, I don't know. Oh, here we go. The movie was entered into the Guinness Book of World Records as the highest box office gross comedy, grossing four hundred and seventy seven million worldwide. But yeah, it would have been in the Guinness Book of World Records for a quite some time, I would say. Right, and it's better than the hangover too. If you count for inflation, I'll bet even if you look it up, I'll bet it still made more than that movie. If you really did it for uh, the times mm-hmm. and then try to put them in perspective, I, I'll bet it still made more than The Hangover 2. Probably. All right. John Candy actually filmed his whole part in one day. It was a 23-hour filming day for him. I could see that. Almost all of his dialogue was improvised. We said that. His part was potentially... And partly inspired by the character he played in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which was also written by John Hughes. Buddy Traveler, too. Mm-hmm. So he took that same character and told him, just be that guy again. Without That's, the mustache, though. Without the mustache. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Here's your favorite part. The scream that Daniel Stern belts out during the tarantula scene. I really want it to be real. Please tell me it, it is. It was filmed live on set <laughs> after Stern was assured by the animal handlers that tarantulas do not have ears. <laughs> he wanted to make sure the tarantula didn't have ears. Because he didn't want him to freak out. Yeah. The tarantula's poison was not extracted. It was what? still poisonous, as some have thought. So people thought it was extracted. It was not. This was all confirmed by Stern in a December 24, 2015 post on his Facebook page. Jeez, man. So he wanted to make sure that when he screamed, it wouldn't startle the tarantula. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Writer and producer John Hughes was worried that mothers would never believe that a family could forget one of their kids which Mm -hmm. is something we talked about earlier. Director Chris Columbus recalled, quote, John really filled in every possible logic hole and the audience always bought it. I will give him that. Yes. He's a, he was a good writer. I like Chris Columbus too. He wrote some movies I'm a big Mm -hmm. fan of, or he directed some films. Directed the first two Harry Potters, two or three. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, He did. If I remember right, I think we saw he did multiplicity. I know he did nine months. Mm -hmm. He's done some good. He's Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, yeah. 
Another Chris Columbus joint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, so the ornaments that Marv steps on were mm-hmm. actually candy. I could see that. You could tell. Uh huh. Some of them aren't. That like, would still kind of hurt. Yeah. Depending on how that candy broke. Ugh. The in the scene and. When I read this, it kind of, it made sense too. There were some scenes you see in this movie that kind of come off weird. And this was one of them. The scene where Kevin walks past the driveway just as Harry and Marv are driving down it. And it stops just in time to avoid hitting him. And he screams. Remember that scene? Yeah. That was achieved by having Macaulay walk backward as the van drives in reverse away from him. And then the shot was film, or and then the film was shown backwards. So I always thought his scream looked really weird. And it's because they had him start by screaming and then stop screaming and walk backwards. Yeah. I. <sighs> so if they shot it like that, mm-hmm. that and- means... Because you always point out how awkward it looks with Macaulay Culkin just standing there going, ah. Yeah. Yeah. It looks really weird. Yeah. It's because he started off by screaming and then stops. I was just looking something up about uh, Chris Columbus real quick. Uh-huh. I didn't realize how many movies he had helped write. Oh, so yeah. that makes sense if he was writing with John Hughes. Because people don't might not know this about Chris Columbus. He was in with the, well, I guess you would just call it the Steven Spielberg gang. Uh-huh. Like he's famous for helping write Gremlins, Goonies. Writing, like not that. directing. Writing. Huh. And then uh, he got a his big break uh, directing Adventures of Babysitting, which I'm a humongous fan of. Um, Which has Elizabeth s- Shue, who was in Back to the Future 2. I don't know if I saw that. Adventures in Babysitting? Maybe I have. I'll have to watch it again. I don't know. I was going to say, we own it. I know. I I think I'm thinking of Don't Tell Mom Babysitter's Dead. That's another good one. I like that movie. Yeah. All right. The concept for this movie, and uh, I think I mentioned this, the concept for this movie originated during the filming of a scene in Uncle Buck, which Macaulay is also in. He plays a character who interrogates a would-be sitter through the letter opening in the front door. Oh, yeah. That's kind of what that. that scene is what sparked. Buck's girlfriend. Yeah, it's what sparked the idea for this movie. John Hughes, man, always thinking. Just the littlest thing. Because wasn't it break or wasn't it uh, Sixteen Candles that inspired him to do the Breakfast Club? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, okay, the scene in which Harry's head gets scalded with the blowtorch, mm-hmm. which looks terribly scary, and you're probably wondering how could they pull that off without hurting somebody. It was achieved via a technique known as Pepper's Ghost. Oh, yeah. You've told me about this. Yeah. It was with the help of a pane of glass placed at a 45 degree angle and a blowtorch in a darkened area off screen, blowing the actual flame onto a black head sculpture. So that way, when they kind of pieced it together using this mirror technique, it looked like it was blowing the torch onto his head. And it, it just it looks real. It does. We watched this. Not too long ago, and it it just looks real. It says, if you look carefully on occasion, uh, occasionally you can see parts of the edge of the head sculpture due to the positioning of Joe Pesci's head being just off a little bit. So, I mean, I don't yeah, know that's how... so nitpicky, though. Right. I don't know how, like, are you going to get up there with a magnifying glass? Right. I'm not You're paying stopping it attention. frame for frame. Mm-hmm. Okay, Macaulay Culkin was actually only allowed to work on set five hours a day because of child Child labor labor laws. laws. The crew planned out the scenes around his schedule, putting him on camera alone a lot, which helps because that's Mm -hmm. most of the movie. 
Macaulay Culkin became sick during the filming with a cold. He was given a break from filming while he recovered, except for one scene. And it's when, do you know, can you guess which scene he's sick in? I don't even know if you can tell. Is it when he gets up? No, no. It's when he's being chased by the police officer for shoplifting a toothbrush. I was going to guess that. His voice is hoarse, his face is pale, and his eyes are red and puffy. Okay. To promote a stronger Christmas feel, because it did come out in November, Mm -hmm. even before Thanksgiving, red and green are major recurring colors throughout the movie, appearing in almost every scene. You point that out, how every shot somehow had used red and green, even when he was shooting the... uh, Mm -hmm. The... Sports figures. And in the basement, mm-hmm. uh, next to the furnace, there's a red and green. Buzz's trunk. Yeah. It says it can be very conspicuous. Sometimes it includes furniture, clothing, food containers, and the wallpaper. Mm. But there's always red and green in every shot. because yeah, Buzz is just hiding a box of junior mints in a trunk. Come on, man. Mm. <laughs> Uh, I've got just a couple of more. The poster and video box image of Kevin with his hands on his face was improvised by Macaulay Culkin. He had forgotten to pull his hands away as he screamed, and that became the most famous shot of the movie. Mm-hmm. And that always made me think he was putting on, because it was he put on the aftershave. Yeah, when he slaps his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Ah. <laughs> oh, this one was fun. I don't know if you guys remember seeing this or not, but in December of 2018, Macaulay Culkin reprised his role in certain scenes from the movie in a television advertisement yeah. for the Google Assistant. Although Culkin previously went through a rather public bad period in his private life with people concerned about his health, in the advertisement he appears as just a virtually identical, just older version of Kevin. That's when uh, he was... People were saying like he looked like a skeleton. You remember the, when those pictures started showing? Yes, up? he was real. Like the he just looked. His yeah. face was sunken in, and and then he come out with that commercial to prove that he was his mental health and all that was better. Mm-hmm. We just what was the last thing we saw him on? Righteous Gemstones. Righteous Gemstones. Yes, and he was good in it. Yeah, it was sad. His part was kind of not. It was sad. Yes, it was sad and it was redeeming. Mm-hmm. He was really good. The very, very last thing I'm going to... And I I went ahead and threw this in there, even though it's a tiny thing, just because it's interesting. This movie came out in 1980, or 1990, sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, Chris Farley auditioned to play that Santa Claus role. That makes sense. And I just wanted to throw that in there as one small factoid, one last factoid. Wow, that's really cool. I didn't even know that. I didn't But he wouldn't even have been on... I don't even think he was on SNL yet, because... If I remember right, Chris Farley blew up right around the time he did Chippendales. Do you know what I'm talking about? With Patrick Swayze, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that's Saturday Night Live skit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. But they said Chris tried out for Santa Claus and didn't get it. I don't well, know. When did Chris Farley pass? 97. Okay, so I mean, it wasn't like towards the end when he was real bad, but he was probably bad at that point. Yeah, I need to think about when he was on SNL. I take that back. He was on SNL from 90 to 95. I'm so sorry. So, I, that's my fault. Oh, it's, I didn't know. Because I'm trying to think because that time frame gets really weird. Uh-huh. Because I always forget like they had the really shitty years with uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Anthony Michael Hall. Uh-huh. Like people f- always forget they were ever on the show. Oh, and yeah. That, that's looked at as like the worst time in SNL, like mm. 85 to 87. Oh, boy. So there's like this rebuilding period where they start getting like Phil Hartman 
and people like that. Uh, uh-huh. John Lovitz. Uh, was Adam Sandler on during that time? Adam Sandler, Spade, uh, Schneider. Yeah, on, they all Chris would have Rock. came in about the same time. Yes. Yeah. And right. they were the new generation. To me, they are... I know a lot of people stand by Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, uh-huh. um, and people like Eddie Murphy. I still think their generation was the my favorite generation on SNL. Yeah. Most memorable, I think. Because Chris Farley didn't have a skit that wasn't good. Right. He honestly made other people's stuff that sucked better. Like um, uh, Lunch Lady Land and stuff like that with Adam Sandler. It's not uh-huh. that good if it doesn't have Chris Farley in it. Uh, van down by the river. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was so good. David Spade couldn't hold it together on set live. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I thought that would have been, I don't know. Maybe they didn't want the funny guy to play that because the guy who plays that Santa Claus, it is a very short clip, which they used another comedian for that. Yeah. And he was kind of the dry, he was a very dry. Yeah. Guy. And you'll remember him from, um, what's the movie where Bruce Willis has to go to the moon. Or to, oh, he goes on yes. asteroids. Yeah, it's uh, Armageddon. Armageddon. Yes. Armageddon it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's the guy that talks about haggis. Oh, which right cubbies. now we're in the midst of Whamageddon. I'm not playing that Whamageddon <laughs> dumb... <ugh. laughs> Your brother's so lame. Why would you not want to hear Wham? I don't know. <laughs> if you're trying to avoid anybody, why would you try to avoid Mariah? Mariah Geddon. Mariah Geddon. <laughs> Okay, well, let's go ahead. We'll wrap it up. And You're lame, Brian. I'm just going to say it on here. <laughs> Whamageddon. Anybody participates in that, too. Oh, hush. Okay, let's Last go ahead Christmas. and we'll wrap it up now with our rating. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Does that sound fine? All right. First thing we're going to rate it on is... Rewatchability. What? Yeah, okay. Sorry, I forget. Okay. I almost forget. <laughs> you had that blank off there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, eyes wide. Rewatch, I'm giving it a four. Only because I don't want to watch it all the time. But Rewatch, it's every year. It is every year, though. So. And if you want the truth, I think it's multiple times during that time. Yeah, I'll watch it multiple times during Christmas time, so, but I don't want to watch it outside of Christmas no. time. Even Thanksgiving time, I'm okay with watching it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it... I'll give it a four. Yeah. Even though I think it, it, it kind of leans to that 4.5. Uh-huh. Maybe 4.25. I've never given that before. I'll do that. 4.25. Jesus. <laughs> Next thing then, I mean, that's pretty cut and dry. Yeah. Next thing we can rate it on is its legacy. It's. I think it holds up. I don't think there's a generation that doesn't like this movie. Disney made, went out of their way to try to buy it and got it. Yeah. I will give it, uh, I'll give it a five. I absolutely feel like a five. It still holds up. It's like it's the original holds up. It spawned so many sequels that did terribly. <laughs> and, and Disney tried to remake their own kind of version of it. Yeah, remember that? Vaguely. Yeah, I mean we didn't watch it, but Home Alone Two was good. Yeah, I like Home Alone Three. Was like what? And then yeah. it just went down. I mean, well, I think how there many was... times can you make Catherine O'Hara look like a monster for being a bad mom? <laughs> um, Three times in a row, you just she would have got her kid taken away. I feel like there was even a Home Alone that came out recently, like in the last two years or something. That's what I'm talking about, the Disney one. Ugh, no, stop, you guys. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of like Amityville when they just slap the Amityville name on stuff. Yeah, and it had nothing it's easy to, do to make with a it. home invasion movie with a child. Yeah. <laughs> 
but yeah, I mean, Legacy definitely gives it a five. I'm, I definitely give it a five. If Marvin and Harry would have had a gun and just shot Kevin, oh my god, we wouldn't have these movies. What the heck? <laughs> Jesus. That's the real Home Alone. <laughs> oh man, the real story. The real story. Um, Burglars that rob without a gun. <laughs> Angels with filthy souls. So <laughs> <laughs> the last thing we're going to rate it on is. Wait, did we even give a rating number? I gave it a five. Oh yeah, I gave it a five. Never mind. That's my fault. <laughs> last thing we're going to rate it on is. The look, the feel, the soundtrack, just overall. I love the house. I love how some things look claustrophobic with the family. Uh-huh. I just, I, I really love that house. The church is beautiful. I think it helped having a ton of people in the house because it made mm-hmm. it seem very clustered. But then when everyone was gone, the it's, house is very empty. Yes. And not only that, it's 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 grand. Mm-hmm. The house is just, it's mag, it's magnificent. It's Not just that. has but, no flaws. What I noticed, and it was in the trivia that I didn't include, but just the small things. You've got Old Man Marley. First of all, his name was Marley after A Christmas Carol, mm-hmm. of course. But also, in the beginning of the movie, he hurts his hand with a shovel, and it's all wrapped like really loose with a bandage and there's Mm -hmm. blood all over the bandage and it looks really gross and then after him and kevin have the conversation of you should probably call your son he's got a band-aid on it so it's healing and then at the end when he gets to hug his son no band-aid marley raises his hand and waves and his hand is healed and it's like that small little he uses that as a um a tool to show the relationship between marley and his son and how it's healing. healing And it's little things like that. John yeah. Hughes, Chris Columbus, they're very smart. And Joe Pesci going out of his way. I think we forgot to mention this to be really into his acting. He act- Macaulay Culkin has a scar, right? Yes. The scene where at the very end where they hook him up on the coat rack, Macaulay Culkin. And he's really scared in that scene. Joe Pesci talks about how he's going to bite his fingers off and he sticks his fingers in his mouth. He actually bit down too hard and bit into Macaulay's finger and left a scar that he still has. Yeah, so he'll always have a memory from Home Alone. Yeah, whether he wants it or not. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's Joe Pesci felt really bad. So if you watch the movie now, you don't see that part. All you see is him just with his mouth, hovering with his mouth open near his finger. He doesn't actually bite down. But yeah, all the little things in the movie, the, the continuity, so you get to see... Kevin's plane ticket get thrown away in the beginning. So that answers that question. Right. When they're on the plane and they're like, we forgot something. And remember how much we love the kitchen? Her dad's uh, or his dad says, I forgot to shut the garage door. Right. That is confirmed when you see Macaulay run out of the house that next day. I made my family disappear. And the garage door is open. Like it's, they were very, because I'm intricate details. I try not to nitpick a movie, but sometimes continuity errors can be so glaring you can't help but notice. Mm-hmm. And this one, there, the continuity was actually good instead of bad. Yeah. So, and the the music. Music's great. Music's very good. I like John the Williams. Park. He can't miss. No. <laughs> I, just everything about this movie, I really like. I love the views of. The damage that Lloyd and or Lloyd, Steve's going to Dumb and Dumber, Marvin Harry are going through. Uh huh. There's just a lot of good things in this movie. Mm-hmm. Even the scenes at the airport are really touching. They're very good. They look great. 
Yeah. I'm going to give it a five. Yeah, I think I'm going to give it a five. So my overall rating, I'll say a four and a half. Wait, yeah, yeah, mine's, yeah, about a four, just like a 4.25. 4. 4. 4.5. Mm-hmm. We'll say four and a half. Just say four and a half. Call That's it a good. solid four and a half. This is a good movie. I it Even though you really, it only feels right to watch it around Christmas time, it's still good because you have to watch it every year. Right. And you're always entertained. If it's playing, I watch it. And the older you get, you find other parts of the movie that really touch you a little bit more than others. Right. Uh, man, in a good way, not a bad way. I know. Seeing Marley with his son at the end was just like, ugh, heart I know, I felt that. It was so good. <laughs> seeing that as an adult. But then seeing it as a young kid when Kevin is reunited with his family, that's mm-hmm. the touching part. And you're just like, oh, man. And especially watching it now that we're parents. Yeah. I couldn't imagine leaving Jordan anywhere. Yeah, I also don't have five kids. <laughs> so. Right. It'd be very easy to miss her. Be like, hey, where the heck is she? (laughs) (laughs) Well, she'd be the eldest then. She would. Buzz. Oh, no, she she won't. No, no, no. I don't Um, want her rocking a flat top. Oh God. All right. Well, (laughs) I think that's gonna wrap up this episode. It was a fun one. I had a lot of fun talking with this one. I do. This is good. I did like this. This was a nice. Nice episode. Very much so. But next week, we're just going to keep on trucking with our favorite Christmas movies. Big ups. Oh, not that. What is that even from? What is that from? Oh, that's from The Goods, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. Uh, Yeah, check out this snippet from our next Christmas movie. It's a good one. Yeah. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Bye. Next week on the Retro Club. I'm mad about Snow White. I'm still like stuck on Snow White. I know. Hi ho. <laughs> Are you saying hi ho? Yeah, or... Oh, hi ho. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say a Blinken. I said uh, a hey, Blinken. Blinken. <laughs> that movie. Ugh, I love Gremlins. It's my. It might be my favorite Christmas movie. It's got an amazing beginning don't know if it's my favorite but it's good what would be your favorite i like home alone i like the santa claus i like over gremlins i over gremlins yes you're nuts i sorry i do i i think scrooge might be scrooge is a great christmas movie it might be mine nah i don't want to do that it's still gremlins (laughs) (laughs) it's still gremlins Mixing and music by Kelsey Ingram. Cover art is by Megan Harris. Research is by John and Megan Harris. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Slasher at RetroClubPod. Or visit our website at RetroClubPod.com for episode information and more. You can listen to the Retro Club on Podbean, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcast, and more. Make sure to like, follow, and subscribe, or we'll find you.